Hello again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we'll be featuring March the 6th, 1994, in the Desert Sky Pavilion, Phoenix, Arizona. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's, we don't have to be fancy, let's just give them a very chill hello this evening, everybody. Uh. <laughs> listeners. hello this evening, everybody. I just want to say I made the connection that this is, we're featuring uh, March the 6th of 94, and we're recording on March the 8th, 2023. Oh, so it's the same week it's March in the time. 6th. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's March yeah, 6th it's, now. It's March 6th. It's not March 8th. It's March 6th, uh, which was 29 years ago this week. So it's kind of cool. Like, Today. Let's see what Today. Yeah, today. today. <laughs> what did the dead do 29 years ago? Let's let's find out on this episode of the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs> but before we dive into that little murder mystery, although there's no murder there, uh, we are going to start. Yeah, off... They did play easy answers. Oh, it's a little Ooh. tease. It's a little tease. <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna kick off this week with our. Uh, Channel 6 news segment, and as we speculated um, last week, actually, this is true, um, we speculated last week that by the time, um, no, what the hell did we say? That by the time... We said that by the time the episode was out, they were going to announce what was yes. going on with Cornell, because a teaser had only happened, and I, I, they announced it the next fucking day. The day after we recorded it, they and it and we talked for like five minutes about what we think is going to happen, and we were uh, all wrong. We were we were we were pretty far off. Even the closest we got, there's no holographic Jerry announcement at all. No, but so, oddly, holographic Brent is still opening. Can't wait for that. Um, we have the, the technology. The announcement um, that came after we did our first recording, I believe, was for the, um, I guess, the VIP Dead & Company fans. Um, yeah. I believe they were offering uh, 10 packages at $50,000 per package, uh, yeah. which is a little uh, out of my price range, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and just today, they announced the follow-up a Cornell 23 lottery system, um, which is still um, quite expensive, to be truthful. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you are a student at uh, Cornell, uh, you can get in for $77. Um, everybody else um, is a lottery, um, and tickets for the lottery start at 300 and go all the way up to 1500 i just want to uh, say two things at this point i'm gonna jump in here number one if you're a cornell student who is interested in the grateful dead enough to listen to our podcast you will probably already know that dead and company are going to take over uh <laughs> you know take over the place uh in may the second thing i want to say is that this is a benefit concert so prices are inflated to go to charity so I'd also like to add that if you are a Cornell student, uh, please ignore all of the bad-mouthing we did of your school last week and contact us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. <laughs> we would love to go to the show with you. 
Well, and and we are journalists now. Uh, yes. So if there are any yeah. journalists, you know, free journalism passes or press passes, I think they're called. We're not getting press passes. The fourth thing I want to say is that Ithaca is gorgeous. Just give us all the press passes and free stuff we can get. Thank you. Moving on from Cornell, uh, on March 10th, we have the Tom Hamilton Jr. AMA hosted on, of course, uh, the Grateful Dead subreddit. And uh, if you are not familiar with Tom Hamilton Jr., which I believe you probably are, uh, he is the uh, lead singer of uh, Joe Brusso's Almost Dead, um, as well as he performed with uh, Billy and the Kids uh, this past summer, uh, or maybe two summers ago now, I forget. Yeah, uh, 2021. 2021. Um, so yes, he's uh, very familiar in the dead scene, and that AMA happens on March 10th. So by the time this podcast released uh, is released, that AMA will be finished, so please go check that out on uh, reddit.com slash Grateful Dead. Uh, and our final bit of news for the week um, is the Bob Ware uh, Wolf Brothers streams. Uh, they are happening this upcoming weekend, uh, March, I believe, 11th and 12th. Uh, Nob, do you know off the top of your head where they are playing this weekend? Uh, I I think it's the Ryman's, but I'm also Googling it as I speak, which is why <laughs> I'm talking in a slightly slowed down sing-songy voice. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call it sing-songy. They are! They're at the Ryman for two nights. Bob Weir, Wolf Bros, Wolf Pack. Where's the Ryman? Good. I've never heard that. Nashville. Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Um, I'm sure the Wolf Brothers have definitely played there before. I, I'm, I, Billy Strings plays there a fair amount, and that's when Bob sat in with Billy last year. It was during his Ryman shows. It's always a fun time. Just to circle back to the Tom Hamilton Jr. AMA. Yeah. Um, looks like that was a get from fan of the pod post crash Earnhardt, yes. uh, who uh, is awesome at doing what he does, um, getting AMAs on the Grateful Dead subreddit, which is pretty cool. The other thing is that uh, yeah. he actually got Tom Hamilton to post a video of himself. Uh, if you go into the subreddit, well, in the in the past, if you had gone into the subreddit this week when we were recording. Uh, Tom Hamilton did like a little selfie video and I'd never seen Tom Hamilton with a hat on and he looks like mm. a completely different person. I'm just used to the dome, um, but he had a hat on and it was uh, kind of blew my mind. Uh, see, I'm used to hatted Tom Hamilton. Yeah, um, I was going to say. I'm, that's true. I'm he does wear hats sometimes. I'm the literal the direct opposite. He's been wearing the hat less in a post-pandemic uh, world. I remember, I, th I think it was the Billy and the Kids uh, streams where he had a bald head, a thick beard, and this white tank top. And he just, all I could think of was Italian-American Shel Silverstein. And I mean that <laughs> as a high compliment. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been rocking hatless for the last couple of years. But no, he's still, you know, he wears his hat-scarf combos. That's right, that's right. Man loves his scarves. And we love him for it. Yeah. Yes, we do. And on that note, we're going to move on to our main event uh, for this week, which is, of course, 
29 years ago today, uh, March 6th, 1994, in the... Uh, at the Desert Sky Pavilion in Phoenix, Arizona. This happened on a Sunday evening. Uh, and let's just go ahead and dive right on into set number one. Set one kicked off with a healthy and hearty uh, help on the way, Slipknot, Franklin's Tower. Then we got Grateful Dead's version of Spoonful, uh, Jack Rowe, uh, When I Paint My Masterpiece, Brown Eyed Women, and then set one ended with Let It Grow. Fig, what were your thoughts on set number one? All right, thanks, game. So, set one, uh, I guess my overall impressions, uh, just to kick things off, Jerry Garcia sounded so, so good throughout the entire night. Really a great night for Jerry. Uh, his voice was a little gruff to begin with, but he was actually mm -hmm. singing very, very well uh, after... Pretty much after the first song, um, Bobby. On the other hand, another another off night. Um, I felt like a lot of his songs did not go over as well as Jerry's. Um, were kind of downers, to be honest with you, and they didn't really kind of go with the flow of the set. So let's get into that set. Start off with uh, "Help Slip Frank." This is the second "Help Slip Frank" that we uh, have randomly um, generated ourselves uh, over the past week. Uh, the help, uh, yeah. So Jerry sounded pretty gruff with that help. But uh, I did like his playing with uh, Help and Slip. And then Frank, I have a big star next to. Um, great tempo. Jerry sang his heart out with the wildflower seeds in the stand and the wind. Uh, I guess that's the last verse. He sounded really good. Uh, some uplifting uh, solos throughout uh, Frank. And then Phil was doing some cool stuff. He was just kind of hammering, I think, on the high A, which is interesting because you, th you think Phil's just going to be all around the fretboard, but he was actually doing some... Kind of hanging back on on Frank, which which was interesting for me. And then at the end, they ended with uh, Slipknot. I don't know if anybody else noticed that they they went back to the end of Slipknot yeah. to, to end Frank, which was pretty cool. Uh, Spoonful. Uh, this was it was decent. It was a, you know a good kind of slinky blues, which they like to do you know somewhere in the you know middle of the first set. Uh, but it was kind of a bummer after that helps up Frank, and I. I couldn't help but think that the energy just dipped precipitously with that spoonful. We get to Jackaro. Uh, this another Jerry tune. Jerry just bumps everything back right back up. The tempo was really fast, and it was a lot of fun. So there's kind of this contrast here between Jerry songs and Bobby songs. Uh, Masterpiece, again, it was just okay. Um, this is one of the Dylan songs that I actually rate uh, very highly, uh, but I really had nothing to speak of um, with this uh, masterpiece. And then we get into Brown Eyed Women, another Jerry song, and it was awesome. A really good version of Brown Eyed Women. Um, just very well played. And, uh, you know, just kind of a ripper. And then Let It Grow was kind of a bummer uh, to end the first set. It was just okay. Uh, There's a pretty bad mess up at the end. Uh, you could tell that they weren't kind of listening to each other, which was uh, which which plagued the, the band's sound in, in the mid-90s, and this was a 94 show, so that's what we were probably seeing. So that was my f take on the first set. Um, really good stuff, I thought, overall. Let's see here. Um, Let's go to Knob, traditionally. Sure. Um, I liked it. It's fun. I don't know. I, I thought this set, this whole show, I thought it was pretty good, but not great. But it's 94 dead, so we're grading on a curve, so pretty good is good. Hmm. Um, taking it for what it is, I find there's not a lot to, to argue with with this show, but mm -hmm. 
I don't want to listen to it again. I, <laughs> like I'm not. There's very few songs in here that I would recommend to people. But like it, it works. Um, it help Slip Franklin is a a fun opener. Uh, a, I think pretty much every Jerry song, the first verse, Jerry's voice is shot or he's got phlegm in his throat or whatever it is. And then afterwards, each of the Jerry songs really work. But pretty much every song starts a little bit rough and it gets me worried. This Help on the Way is similar, but the band is in good form and it keeps you going. There's some fun synthy sounds from Weir. One of the first things you notice with this show is that Jerry is on the lightning bolt guitar. Um, it's a lot lighter of a guitar, which allows him to do those slightly more acoustic runs, but the trade-off is that you don't get as much fullness of sound as you get out of, say, Tiger or Wolf. Um, it doesn't bug me in this helps with Franklin, but there are songs where it's going to start bugging me. Uh, they nail Slipknot. Uh, there's a cool chromatic chord progression that reminds me of Spanish Jam in a way. Uh, it's not a mind-melting Slipknot by any means, but a solidly impressive showing. Franklin's is definitely the highlight of this Help Slip Franklin's. I, I do think the guitars get out of tune at one point, but they seem to correct that. Uh, the build-up on the last verse, like you were saying, Fig, really nice. The ending of Franklin's is, is particularly hot. Uh, I liked the Spoonful, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it didn't wow me, but the Help Slip Franklin's didn't wow me. It gets a little aimless in the jam, but there's still some good Jerry licks. Uh, Jackaro is a fun, zippy rendition. Jerry was so ready to play Jackaro that he did not think to clear his throat to sing Jackaro. But once it gets going, it's going. Some really nice stuff in the solos. Um, I... I really don't mind Bobby in this show. Um, I... The mix I was listening to, his guitar is up high. And you get to hear him and, and Jerry play off of each other. And I thought it was a good showing from 80s Bobby, or 90s Bobby. Oh man, this is not the 80s. Uh, um, Brown Eyed Women is the best part of this first set. It rips. Uh, Jerry's got a couple vocal flubs, but I don't give a shit. You could pass this off as a 91 No Bruce show. It's tight, it's high energy, the, the solos are ripping. Brown Eyed Women is what you want to listen to in this first set. And let it grow. It had some good energy. The vocal flubs were there because it's 90s dead. Um, the first jam is kind of boring, but there's some really nice keyboard runs from Vince in the ending jam. They definitely end the song before Jerry is ready to end the song, but there were some cool sounds. I, I'm not huge on this show, but I do really like the brown-eyed women. What did you think, game? I really liked set one, truthfully. Um, as most 90s shows, uh, I, or I should say most 90s shows post-Brent, I go into them expecting the worst. Um, and I did not get it this time. Uh, Help Slip Frank, I enjoyed. Uh, Spoonful, I enjoyed as well. I really enjoyed. I want to say, actually, Spoonful is probably my highlight of set one, uh, truthfully. Uh, Jack Rowe was good. Uh, when I Paint My Masterpiece was always good, but I'm just a lover of that song. Uh, Brown Eyed Women was good, and Let It Grow was good. Um, for me, this was a really good set one. Uh, however, <laughs> wheels fall off at set two. Um, 
kind of. Um, set two kicks off with easy answers. Uh, then we got Lazy River Road, um, Plane in the Band, Eyes of the World. Uh, then we got quite the um, interesting drums and space. Uh, the Wheel, um, Last Time You See Me, um, Addicts. Uh, we got Good Lovin', and then we got uh, an encore of Liberty. Nob, what were your thoughts on set two? Uh, it's it's very inconsistent. I think some of the sharpest playing of the entire show is in this set, and I also think the worst parts of this show are in this set. There is some gold, and there is some dog shit, and you can never quite tell until the song is halfway in. Um, easy answers. This is the first time we've we've had this one in one of our shows. It's not a good song, uh, but musically, I don't think this was a set killer. I'd probably have, have whined about it if I was at the show. But the mix of dancey and dissonant at the end of the chorus is cool. But it's it's just very busy. Vince's MIDI horn sounds are not doing it any favors. Phil's harmony. Oh, man. Uh, we get to Lazy Lit River Road. In general, the thin tone of Lightning Bolt, especially at this point in the evening, is getting a little grating. But it really shines here. It's perfect. I would be really interested in hearing a proper acoustic run on this one. Uh, it just sounds... Pretty. Vince's harmonies remind me of, like, early Brent when he's still trying to sound sweet instead of that, that whiskey tenor. I, I say this before, and I'll probably say it again. I think a lot of these 90s Jerry tunes would be better received if they came out 10 or 20 years earlier. And I was thinking, if there is a reckoning version of Lazy River Road, people would love it. People would go nuts over it. Um... Playing in the band sucked. I I have been a, a convert to playing in the band over the weeks of doing this podcast, but but this one was bad. It was hollow at the start, a little slow. It was just empty of its usual passion and, and depth. The jam starts off promising, but oh my god, that, that, oh, it's the epitome of 90s dead. Everybody's got their in-ear monitors and nobody's listening to each other. Just a really grating middle part where everyone is making sounds that do not mesh with each other. It smooths out around the seven minute mark, but by then we are moving into Eyes of the World. The, the nicest thing I can say about this plane in the band is that it is only eight minutes long. Eyes, conversely, worked for me in every way that playing in the band didn't. There was a really good groove to it. It was still mellow, but it was solid. Uh, Mickey went for some hand drum sounds, which was really cool and added a nice depth to it. Some good licks from Jerry, some, some solid support from Bobby. This has a really nice jam. This is the highlight of the show, in my opinion. This is the closest that they come to making the magic. And then it's a 22-minute drum space. Um, it's fun. I, I like the beginning bit because I always think drums is at its best when Billy's on the kit and Mickey is playing with his percussion toys. And then as soon as they get to the beep-boop-boop-boop-boop, boop, 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 it gets a little too weird for its own good. 
the the rainforest is is cool in an ambient music kind of way. If I was at the show, I wouldn't mind being in the beer line, but it I didn't like it. And then <laughs> space sounded like a bagpipe playing an old school waltz. I did not like this space. It it by the end of it, it sounded like you were listening to like a '90s video game soundtrack, but on shuffle. It's the beep boop 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 beep beep shit that uh, it just does not work for me. I do not like when space sounds like this space. Um, and then I, after drums, it's it's a really sleepy rest of the show. Wheel does not give you the oomph that you need out of that space. It kind of gets going once the vocals start, but it never quite hits. The best part is the key sound that, that Vince is doing. Last time is fine. The harmonies are good. But again, it's just a little slow, a little dull for a song that I, I think normally has really good energy. Addicts does not help with how sleepy post drums is, but this is also a highlight of the show. It's got some really tight Addicts harmonies. It's really well played by everybody. It's, it's just a good version of the song. I know I said this before. We grade these 90 shows on a curve. This is an Addicts that stands up even when not grading it on a curve. Or maybe I was broken by this point in the evening. Um, good Lovin' was a nice wake-up call to bring it home. It's not a particularly noteworthy Good Lovin', but it was really fun and needed in the context of the show. And I like Liberty. It's fun. I don't know if I love it as an encore, just that it is a little too mellow for an encore song. Like, it's not a ballad, but it's not a ripper. And that in between, I don't know if it works for me as an encore, but it was a well-played Liberty, and I can't take that away from it. So I really liked some of this set more than anything else in the rest of the show. And, oh, some of these I never want to hear again. What did you think, Fig? Um, I can I stop you? I you I was wondering. You sound like Animal Crossing to me. Yeah, I was oh, wondering if that was just up. me. Yeah, you sound really, really bad. Not this like as a person, better? just in the. No, no, way yeah, better. Yeah, there you go. Okay, wow, strange. Voice. I just uh, unplugged my USB and pop, plugged it back in. What does sounds like Animal Crossing? <laughs> like you, you made you. It was this high pitched gibberish, like how the Animal Crossing characters talk. <laughs> All right, that is a generational uh, thing that I just don't understand. Let's talk about something that happened thirty years ago. Um, so I agree with. Okay, I disagree with some of the stuff you said. I do agree with your take on easy answers, however. I just wrote that it was bad. It was uninspired. It sounded like we were listening into a rehearsal or a sound check. I didn't know what they were trying to do with easy answers. Uh, I'd never know what they're trying to do with easy answers. I'm not sure the band knows what they're trying to do with easy answers. Um, but, you know, I was doing some research and I had no idea. I mean, there's some pretty heavy hitters who wrote the song. It's a, lyrics by Robert Hunter and Bob Weir. Pretty oh, incredible. How did, okay, how did Robert Hunter co-write that fucking song? It's not oh. a it's not a well-written song uh, no. from the lyrics perspective. I uh, and the music. I really thought Bob wrote it himself with no one helping. Oh man, sorry. I, I, I thought like keep... a teenager rolled, uh, yeah. wrote it. Love is an easy word to say. Rolls right off the tongue. Easy answers. Seems to crop up like a weed. 
You, in every song you gotta that's do on. the voice. You oh, gotta do no, easy answer, <laughs> but with an aim with aimless harmonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'm not gonna do that to the listeners. Um, but yeah, easy answers happens uh, as it often does when it's played. Um, Lazy River Road. I just wrote L R R, and I keep thinking that it's Little Red Rooster. Uh, Lazy River Road. So th this is an issue that I had with some of the jams and some of the songs, especially in the second set, just nothing really happens. Like Lazy River Roads, it's just pretty good. You know, Jerry gets it out. It's nice dirge, but nothing really happens. It just kind of exists. And, and we move on to playing in the band. Um, I agreed with Nob that this seemed like a very stripped down version of playing in the band. It seemed like a tentative version, which is strange yeah. for a song that they played for the last uh, 20 years at that point. Uh, like they didn't know what they were doing. The jam got a little dissonant and actually I wrote down scary. Did you ever kind of get scared listening to The Grateful Dead? This is a discussion point right now. Uh, I'm freaked out. Like you're on headphones. Can I, okay. Um, can I tell a story? You want to tell I, a story? I do want to tell a quick story. I went to yeah, go go see J-Rad uh, in February of last year. And uh, a friend of mine were, were trying to, to purchase mushrooms before the show. We didn't wind up being able to, to get the mushrooms, and we just went to the show without the mushrooms. You're making and like a chicken marsala started... before you went in? No, we, we just had fun. And, and okay. they started playing this really freaky St. Stephen. In the middle of it, it was just so... It was scary. And I turned to my friend, and I just whispered... I'm so glad we're not on mushrooms right now. <laughs> and I was. I was glad. So I've definitely been scared listening to the Dead's music before, but I don't know if it's just because of the Dead's music. Yeah, I mean, this was like, this was a vibe. I think um, we're moving, so everything's kind of different in the house. And I think something like crashed downstairs and I was too scared to go look at it. And the Dead were doing their thing and it was just dissonant. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't working for me. Um, I don't think it was working for the band either. Uh, we get into eyes and, you know, this is a big disagreement I have with Nob's uh, take. I just, I thought it was good. I just thought it was a lot of noodling. Like it was just, things were, were not happening and there was like 10 minutes of it not happening. Uh, we get into drums and actually I really like drums this time. I thought there were some interesting textures. I liked the tones, uh, that they were getting, um, this was a rainforest uh, drums, so there, we heard some frogs, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Uh, definitely would recommend this drums, and I would recommend listening to it with headphones because um, we get some like panning of the sound from the left can to the right can, and it's just, it's just like kind of cool and kind of trippy and fun. But yeah, space. I just wrote that there was a lot of it, as in there was a lot of space happening, um, and it wasn't very good and it wasn't uh, worthwhile. But but drums was cool. I liked it. Uh, the wheel, uh, I have a plus for the gang vocals, and by gang vocals I just meant that there's at least a three-part harmony throughout all of the, the verse, um, the verses, which is actually interesting. And they, and they kept it on, the harmonies are actually really well kept uh, throughout the whole song, which I thought was uh, very impressive. Um, get to, this is the last time I thought this was just okay. Attics I thought was really good. Again, the harmonies were fantastic. The wings to fly yeah. section, when they all go high, yeah. was was. Awesome. Just really on point. Really nailed it. Um, good Lovin', I thought, was a heady version of Good Lovin', if that's a, if that's a uh, thing to say. Uh, it was a good bop. It was just bopping. It would, and it was getting me to do that, that thing that I love about The Grateful Dead, where you have 
you know, you, you, your head is nodding at one rhythm and your feet are nodding at another rhythm and then your body's kind of compensating and you're just kind of, you know, just, you're just, you're just vibing, you're jamming. It's, it's the best of what the Grateful Dead do. Um, and that was a good loving there. Um, and then we got to Liberty and, um, uh, I just thought it was a good, um, I do agree with you, Nob, that it's not a great way to end the set. It's not like a, all right, go home kids. You deserve it. It just kind of sounds like a classic rock, you know, radio song that you could listen to. Um, my take on Liberty when I was listening to it was it was like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the who they're one of my first favorite bands. And like, I remember like, you know, some of the later who albums, like there's some clunkers on there. And and literally in my head while I'm listening to Liberty, I'm, I was just like, yeah, you know, the Who were kind of bad at the end. <laughs> I was just like explaining it away to myself, re, you know, rationalizing it. It's not their best song. It's interesting. It's, you know, it's cute. It does what it needs to do, but maybe not at the end of a set. Uh, game, what were your thoughts? Uh, well, uh, Easy Answers was quite dreadful. Um, That's the spirit. N- not a good way to start the second set. Not a, it's never good to have that song in any set, um, let alone the set two opener. So, didn't start off good. I do fully agree with you, Nob, that Lazy River Road would get a lot more love uh, if it came out a bit earlier, because I was bopping to That's old Lazy River. Thought. Yeah, Although It's I, a little too reminiscent you know it's a little too looking back you know for for a 1980 song you put like, it, it fits... he's there he, he could have crushed it he could have crushed it i know i just want to hear that acoustic october 80 dead touch it that would be in fun a, in a fun hypothetical world yeah. that would be fun i agree like um in the same oh. way, I think Mars Hotel era dead would make Liberty a song that is, while not known by anyone outside of us, would be a fan favorite. But uh, it just came out 20 years too late. And also the chorus is just saying the words freedom and liberty. <laughs> over and over. If it had a better <laughs> chorus that actually had something to say about freedom or liberty, I think it would be a more fun tune. But just saying the words freedom and liberty is not necessarily a statement on freedom or liberty. <laughs> well, don't forget, I'm going to find my own way home. Which, yes, yes. Which and harkens back to home. another conversation that we've had about, you know, that, that theme in the Grateful Dead music where you're, you, oh. you got to go home, but you can't find it. So, yes. Playing in the band was good. Eyes was good. Um, <laughs> Fig earlier in the week reached out and requested that I put the headphones on for the drums and space portion. Uh, so I did just that. Wow. Uh, I put my, put my Apple ear earbuds in and what'd you think? I forget what part of drums it was, what sound they were making. I'm not sure. It might've been the, it might have been the beep boop beep boop. It might have been that. Um, was it the frog noises? I don't think so. But I remember well, the frog when they're they're panning it back and forth. I remember looking at my phone, and I saw that I was six minutes into drums. Yep. And I was like, okay, like space is coming up, 
And then it was like, oh, just kidding. This is a 15-minute version of drums. And at that point, I literally laughed out loud, and I hit net, and I hit skip twice, and I moved on to the wheel. And uh, I really enjoyed the wheel. Um, last time was good. Um, Addicts was really good. Uh, probably a highlight of set two. Um, good loving was okay. Um, and then Liberty should not have been the encore. Um, if you wanted to keep Liberty in there, I'd probably switch liberty and good loving uh and have good loving be the encore mm. um addicts should... liberty though Oof. yeah I, well i mean i mean, addicts... mean no go ahead no i was just gonna say liberty to me feels like a perfect set one song not yeah a, not an it could be a set closer, one closer put it anywhere in the middle of set one and it would fit comfortably yeah it's just not I guess it's got the line about find your own way home, so it it, it does fit with the, oh, there you go, the yeah. end of the night kind of vibe. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's why they 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 put it there? Like seriously? Well, that and there was a period where it was the only new Jerry song. No, I don't think that was true for Liberty, but there weren't a lot of new Jerry songs yeah. at the time, and that was the only one that you could consider upbeat because the other ones were Lazy River Road, uh, Days Between, and Standing on the moon. No, that was built to last. Oh, hmm. oh, this is gonna bug me. I'm looking it up now because otherwise we're gonna finish this podcast and I'm gonna send it to y'all in all caps. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, so many roads, so many roads, uh, so many uh, roads, and all of those are ballads. The yeah. only one that comes close to being an up tempo is Liberty, and hmm. even then, they. Oh, they did not have another touch of gray in them at this point. No. Moving on. Um, I think I kind of know how this is going to trend. <laughs> um, Book of the Dead. I will start the voting off on this uh, okay. for this week. <laughs> and you are correct. Uh, that is <laughs> a, uh, it is a no for me. Um, Fig. Book of the Dead, yay or nay? It was a lot better than I expected, uh, and I would recommend the soundboard. Um, it sounded better than the audience of recordings that are available in the archive. However, it just uh, it wasn't that good. I don't think I would ever, you know, purposefully listen to this one again. Uh, but for a '94 show, it was very, very good. So yeah, maybe grading on a curve, it was very good. <laughs> but no, not my Book of the Dead. And Knob, Book of the Dead. Well. In in the past, I, I've been infamously picky about my uh, my Book of the Dead picks, but I did last week uh, allow a, a ninety one show into uh, into my Book of the Dead, and I thought, oh, maybe my my heart has softened on the nineties. Your cruel heart. But no, no, no. This 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 was not a good show. This is not again for ninety four. I thought standards, it was a good show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, if you grade it on a curve, you could call it a good show. Otherwise, I would say that this is comfortably meh. Um, hmm. but there are some good songs in it. I would put this in my book of the ninety four addicts of my life. <laughs> uh, short book, but that would definitely be in there. Um, but no, no, this doesn't make my book of the dead. It'd be interesting to hear from someone on the ground. Like, like I know your dad didn't tour out West. Was he still touring in 94? 
Yeah, he saw some 94 shows. There were some good ones. He saw. Yeah, I just, um, I wonder what he would think about this show. Like, you know, because he could, he wouldn't grade on the curve. He could just grade with his own experience. So, like, if this, I mean, the Help Slip Frank was awesome. Like, that'd be awesome way was. to start things. Yeah, my qualms aren't really with the song choices themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, like you said before, there was really nothing that wowed me, nothing that really inspired me, nothing that made me go, oh my god, I gotta listen to this show again. There was nothing yeah. bad. I wouldn't call this a bad show by any stretch. Well, okay, playing in the band sucked. But nothing else was, like, <laughs> bad, and I wouldn't call it a bad show by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I would comfortably call it okay, meh. I hate, I don't want to call it mid, because I feel I'm slightly too old to be using that, but it, it it's just fine. No cap. Sure. <laughs> YOLO. <Let's move> <laughs> All right. We um ended with Knob for the Book of the Dead, and we're going to oh, kick it good. off with Knob for the set. Uh, Knob, which set? Set one or set two? I don't know. <laughs> um, I. I found set one to be more consistent, but I found set two to have the songs that I liked more. But I I got a feeling we're going to vote set one so as not to subject our listeners to easy answers. And, and who am I to go against the grain? I'll vote set one. Alrighty, Fig, set one or set two? Yeah, I, I like the uh, altruistic, humanistic, uh, you know, welcome, reasoning listeners. from Knob there. And I'm not going to subject our loyal listeners to easy answers, even though there was some inter- interesting stuff, including frog sounds in drums for set two. Uh, so I, too, will go with set one. Uh, and I'm going to agree with set one as well. Uh, to, our right. two, to our two or three easy answers fans... Uh, of the podcast one day uh, a set will be featured that includes easy answers um mvp of the set uh fig who was your mvp that's a good question um that's a really good question uh something i hadn't thought of um (laughs) jerry sounded good and i liked what he was doing with his songs um i'll give it to the big guy jg Knob MVP. I'm in a similar boat. In set one, I considered uh, uh, Bob as my MVP because I really did like the guitar touches he was adding to the sound. But between Easy Answers, his his tone on playing in the I can't. I'm sorry, not to keep harping on this playing in the band, but I, I did not enjoy a minute of it. I did not like that playing in the band. So for that, I can't go with Bobby as my my MVP, and I, I also have to give it to Jerry, who's having a pretty on night. I do believe this could be our first clean sweep wow. of the MVP. Um, I don't know how you give it to anybody other than Jerry. Um, not that Vince had some good additions, I will say. This was a good he Vince was, night. I- I considered because you know me. I I love rooting for our boy Vinny, but um, I it, he had some really good contributions, but they were often a little bit more background and and not 
present enough for me to give him an MVP. But I, I would also agree that he was having a really good night. All right. We have Reddit comments this week. We Just don't. kidding. No, <laughs> no, we don't. Because... I don't think Redditors like 94. They they don't. Don't. In late 90s, we get nobody we get pretty nothing. much every time. Oh, crickets. But... Well, speaking of crickets and going into a somber note here, uh, we are uh, looking forward to next week's show. Uh, next week, we will be featuring September the 7th, 1990. And you may be wondering, okay, September 1990, cool. This is the first show after uh, the untimely passing of King Brent. Uh, so this is the first show after the passing of King Brent. Um, King Brent passed on July 26th, 90. And again, the show was on September the 7th, 1990. Just not long at all. I no. Mean, that's a month and a... That's like a six weeks, maybe? Yeah, no. well, they were supposed to play shows the weekend before as well that were scheduled before Brent passed, but they were not able to get themselves ready in time wow. for those, and so they had the Jerry Band do a weekend of shows uh, in, in their place that huh. first weekend in September. Oh, wow, the encore with Heaven's Door. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's, it's... This looks heavy. Over the whole run, the, the passing of Brent is very much felt. These are our shows I've listened to before. Cool. It's, it's, I always find it very interesting um, when new members of the band get introduced for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so hearing that uh, during this show will be quite interesting. After Birdsong. Yeah. Um, yeah, this will be a very interesting show next week. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure I'm not going to like it. <laughs> But um, that's the spirit. Yeah, I'm gonna go with hating it. I'm afraid from the start. Are you gonna uh, listen to Drums in Space? No, of course not. Uh, it's, it's what Brent would want you to do, man. No, he wouldn't. He knows better. <laughs> he, he he would he would he would say go have a stiff drink, just like I would. I shouldn't have said <laughs> that. That was mean. All right, let's go ahead and do our uh, bookkeeping for this week, as always. Please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on a service that loosely rhymes with listen to Steely Dan on your Yachtify. <laughs> uh, so if you are big fans of Yacht Rock, and you like to listen to your Steely Dan on your Yachtify, you will not find us on that service. However, you will find us on all other podcast services. If you are old-fashioned and you like to get your podcast directly from the source and not use some intricate third-party application, you may find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. If you would like to communicate with us via electronic mail, you may do that via helponthewaypod at gmail.com. Uh, you may also communicate with us via uh, Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. And a plug from my dead Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the GD channel. Any parting words from Knob or Fig? 
it was an awful playing in the band, and and I just cannot stress enough <laughs> how much I did not like it. Farm floor, dried table cider, tartan earthy, twelve ounces, six point nine percent alcohol by volume. And on that note, thank you once again for listening to the help on the way podcast.
Sometimes you make it just one more day. Jab away your pleasure to it. You play nice, you're gonna harvest wind. Thank you. 
dead and wounded Her darling boy she found Oh, her darling boy she found She picked him up on in her arms And got him to the town Oh, the streets of Rome are filled with rubble. Ancient footprints are everywhere. Well, you could almost think that you're seeing double on a cold, dark night on the Spanish stair. Jungle, I can hardly stand to see you. 
take up the organ found the fields around. Gone are the days when the lady was at peace. To the dregs of the whiskey jar. 1930, when the wall came in, paid his way, selling red eyed gin. Get home. 
the days when the ox fall down to take up the oath and plow the fields around. Gone on the days when the ladies said to me, Chandler Jack Jones, won't you come to me? Morning comes, she follows the path to the river shore. Light the sun, her song is the latch when the morning's done. See the sun, sparkling in the reeds, silver feet, pass to the sea. She comes from the town where they call her the Curtis Dog. Let it 
Shall we sing? Shall we call it by name? Let's work out the angels dancing on the pier. What a fight! The sky from which you came. Your name is on the earth that takes me. Well, I think we stand inside the rain. We'll be back in just a bit.